Wow, we're live. Just kidding. Um, I promised you a series uh, called Twisted. So we're going to do that this morning. And uh, before we do, let's say a pr- quick prayer for the service and for, and for the scriptures and for everyone who's sitting here this morning. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for this time to open your word. Uh, reveal to us your will and your heart. Let our hearts be open. Uh, let us gain more wisdom as we leave today. Let us be able to see the unseen. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, the title of my message is, All is Not As It Seems. You know, in the, in the late 1800s, up to the late 1800s, doctors believed in spontaneous generation. You're asking, what does that mean? I skipped bio class on purpose. That's the idea that living things, disease specifically, could arise from non-living things. So they burn the dead bodies, of course, and do anything that's dead. They weren't concerned. As long as doctors and scientists believed that disease could arise from non-living substances, they saw no purpose in considering how disease were transmitted or how they could be controlled. They had no idea. So much so, in fact, when women gave, when they gave birth, the doctor was coming out of... Uh, uh, preparing a body for death, meaning it, it was surgery and they were trying to uh, help someone who died. They would go from that room straight into the delivery room. There would be no washing up. Right now you're going, didn't he wash his hands? No, they did not. Because the belief was, we can't transmit anything. We can't, we can go from one dead body to a live baby and women were dying in the hospitals at 60% rate. And they did not know why. Are you able to see the unseen? At that time, the doctors had no idea. You know, in the 1600s, almost 200 years before that, there was a Dutch cloth merchant. I'm not going to say his name because it's Dutch. It's really hard to say. But he was also a scientist. And he actually invented the microscope. And he would go around, you know, picking up algae in the water and looking at it. And he saw another world. He saw what we now know as microorganisms. Invisible to the human eye, but a world. In fact, so much big was this world that we were the observers of their world. In the sense of they're all around us. Bacteria, microorganisms, all these things that we cannot see. He was looking at through a microscope. And he saw a whole nother world. Microorganisms. This guy found that 200 years before, but the medical field at that time didn't make the connection of what was happening. That was his invention, or something like it. It's the oldest one I can find on the internet. And this was what he used. To, to the naked eye, it is absolutely invisible. And our bodies need some of these bacterias to feed our genome that our own genome doesn't provide. That's just about as scientific as I can get because my wife's a scientist, I'm not. But we need these bacterias. Some are harmful, but they're there for our benefit. But also, it produces diseases. So there was this doctor named Louis Pasteur. He said, wait a minute. 
that, is, that this disease-causing situation, these invisible microorganisms, uh, micro they're the culprits behind these very diseases that we're seeing. And this disease-causing agent, they were present in the air, but they weren't created by the air. And thus the gene, the germ theory of disease was founded. He said the air carries these microorganisms and causes diseases. He was ridiculed, but yet he was found to be right. And some argue that it was, it was the most single most important contribution to medical science. Well, they started to wash their hands, or at least he did. <laughs> and they noticed that women weren't dying while giving birth. They weren't getting a disease or an infection. But people were skeptical. A world of an invisible germ carried by the air? We're like, of course. We're addicted to Purell, of course. Of course, back then. What are you saying? All around us, all the time? Landing on whoever they please and developing a full-blown disease? Yes. Yes. And today, of course, when we go to a third world country or we go to a shopping store or we go to a grocery store, what do we do before we get in? Take one of those, wipe down my cart. Because we're now convinced that the invisible affects the visible world. We are convinced of that. We don't understand it, but we're convinced that we're taking a swipey and we're getting that cart down. Oh, when I leave the store, give me a squirt, please. I don't know what I would have caught in there. We do it now because we believe it now. But back then, very, very skeptical. And the Bible teaches us that there is an, uh, another unseen world that you may, not be, uh, you may not be able to see that. But my role this morning is to introduce to you that there is in fact another unseen world. Just like Louis Pasteur had realized and that Dutch merchant realized there was another world that was invisible that affected the physical world. A world that, like the world of germs, has the potential to impact and influence our visible worlds. Just as a germ is often a deformity of a healthy cell, so the invisible world distorts and contorts what is true. It is a world that twists the truth just enough to keep it, just enough to make it compatible and make it dangerous. Well, dangerous to what, Gio? Dangerous to your soul. Dangerous to your heart. Dangerous to our relationships. Dangerous to our finances. We don't need a microscope to determine the reality of the unseen world. We simply need a rear view mirror. How could I have been so blind? Oh my gosh, what did I do yesterday, last night? Why didn't I see that coming? How could I have been so stupid? I think I'm sure we all asked ourselves these questions as we were growing up. Why did I do that? Why didn't I figure out that sooner? Why did I listen? I was raised better than that. 
I'm against that kind of behavior, yet I joined right in. Or maybe you just need a mirror. Why do I keep hurting people around me? Why can't I stop lying? Why can't I stop using drugs? Why can't I treat my relationships better? Why can't I treat my girlfriend with, with respect? Why can't I? There's so many things. And if that doesn't convince us, we just need to look around at the decisions and attitudes of people we care about. Why is it that I can see so clearly when you're about to blow up your marriage, your family, your finances, your career, but you can't? We have friends like, don't you see what you're doing? Yet, why are my bad choices so obvious to you and not to me? It's the world we live in. We're always trying to help our kids, don't do that. Like, why not? Because it's bad. Why? Okay, fine, do it. That was bad, huh? And yet some people that I'm jealous of, they navigate all this successfully. They, just, they don't get into trouble. They do it right. They're able to see through the fog. They're able to avoid the temptation, make the good decisions. But why not everybody? Because, every, because everybody doesn't get fooled. There's another world physically that he discovered, but there's also another world spiritually that I hope you discover this morning. So why do we, why, why do we look, why don't we look at the statistics and as a culture make some rational decisions and stick to them? Now, I'll just name a few, just rational ones. Divorce is bad for kids. It's bad in general. It's bad for families, period, right? But yet the statistics are so high. Consumer debt robs you of your options later. Uh, pornography is a path, not a pastime. Why is it that in the moment we can be so blind to reality? Because it gets distorted by the unseen. And why do things get so twisted in our heads and hearts and emotions? And I'm sure you have a theory for that. So Jesus believed in an unseen world. His explanation is a little bit unsettling. And you, and you may push back on it, and that's okay. And it raises as many questions as it does answers. But that doesn't mean it's not true. <clears throat> Only that we can't thoroughly explain it. And I wish I could be, do a better job at explaining this unseen world. But I'm going to give you a glimpse of it. in hopes that you can see this. You know, I'm speaking in this piece of plastic right here. I don't know how all this works, but I believe it. There are a lot of things that I don't understand. I don't, I've never seen a germ in my life. Karen has seen hundreds of them. She would always give me these facts about germs. You know, I, I'm, I'm slow on the uptake with these things. Now I know why we wipe things down. Yeah, I didn't wash my hands as a child. I didn't, my mom said to wash hands, we never washed our hands. We just lied, says, yeah, we did. And we just ate food, finger licking good. That's all we did. We went out and played. We scratched ourselves in, you know, places you shouldn't eat afterwards. We did all that. We didn't, we just, that's just how we lived. 
And being married to Karen, who's like, steamer. It's like, what are you doing? She's like, there's an unseen world. No, there's not. And I was a denier of that. No, 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 no. This morning, just to let it sink in, I watched a YouTube clip on a, on a New, York op, New York Times medical thing, and it explained it to me again, going, there's another world. And I was like, Karen, you're so right. I'm so, I'm so happy you helped me keep the bacteria away from that can cause diseases. It took me a long time to figure that out. I wash my hands now before I eat. I did that for years as a married person, never washed my hands. I'm just telling you, I never washed them. Now, since I've been married, I wash them. It's another world. And in John 8, Jesus finds himself embroiled in a dispute with religious leaders. And he's given them more than enough evidence that he is from God. Yet they refuse to believe him. They keep falling back on the fact that since they're related to Abraham, they don't need anything else. Their bloodline is enough to put them and keep them in good standing with God. And Jesus says that the fact that they don't recognize him as having come from God puts them at odds with God. And if they were of God, they would recognize that Jesus came from God. And these guys get really offended. And that sounds like Jesus is claiming to be God or equal to God. And they're getting really, really upset with Jesus. And then in John 8, and this verse right here, he says, why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. Here's why. You belong. In other words, you're under the influence of to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires, the compulsion. You can't recognize truth because you've been deceived by a deceiver. The invisible. He was a murderer from the beginning. Adam and Eve, if you want to look in the book of Genesis. Not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father's father of lies. Jesus believed that there is an, an entity, a personality that exists to deceive and twist the truth in order to destroy people, to destroy lives, to destroy relationships, to destroy the souls of mankind. Jesus believed that this personality, this entity, has authority in this world and operates and controls this world through deceit. He asks them, and he answers his very own question. Why do you not understand me? Is it your hearing? No. The answer is, is because you are the father, the devil. And the reason you can't recognize the obvious is because you've been confused and deceived. There's something else at work. There's an invisible influence that is influencing your understanding. Questions like, is there really a God? Does marriage really work? 
Does honesty, honest, does it really get you anywhere? Because every time I'm honest, bad things happen. Then he describes the devil, which lets us know that, he, that he's not using a figure of speech. He really believed in Satan, the devil. Jesus believed he is a life taker. He is a liar. He is a deceiver. He is the originator of everything that is false. And Jesus links blindness and temporary insanity that we've all experienced on one level or the other to the devil himself. He believed that this personality, this Satan, this serpent, this snake, this accuser has the authority to operate in our worlds and control it through deceit. You know, Jesus refers to the devil as the prince of this world three times in the Bible. The prince of this world. I will not say much more to you for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. But he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded and that the result is he goes to the cross and destroys all the work of Satan to save us. And while we're waiting for him to come back, he's doing his thing. This unseen world, just like the germs. He believed he had authority. The devil led up uh, led Jesus up to a high place. And he showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world and said, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me. I can give it to anyone I want to. This prince of this world has been given authority to live in our world, the unseen world that influence our lives. And we've all done something going like, what in the, why did I do that? You were influenced by this unseen world. And what's scary is that he has authority and it's been given to him. By who? Well, obviously God. He has authority to reign right now. And this is why your faith is so important. You think your obedience is important? I say your faith is important. Because when your faith is up, guess what climbs? Your obedience. When you try to be obedient without faith, oh my, oh my days. Try that. You go, you'll hate church. You'll hate coming here. Because he's trying to attack your faith. And many of us get to see, we think, but if we just obey, and I just come to church, and I just do all the right things, I'm okay. Jesus, Jesus asked us one question. When I come back, what will the Son of Man find on earth? Will he find faith? That's what he's going to come back to see. Because when your faith is high, you start believing in this unseen world and how it starts influencing your life. So we shouldn't be shocked that 30 years later when Paul the Apostle was instructing the Christians in Ephesus on how to live, he makes a personal application and a very practical application 
And he draws this conclusion. He says in Ephesians to the church, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, reminding them, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. There's the prince of the air again. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Prince of the air? Invisible? Doing what? You mean, you mean, he's trying to influence me to be disobedient? You absolutely, he's trying to influence me where I, my faith is going lower because is there really a God? Does he really exist? Does marriage really work? Yes. That's what's scary. He's working. He's at work. Yikes. He's at work. And then he goes on to say this. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. He says the devil is scheming. That may explain the confusion. It's a system that creates a twisted distortion of God's original creation. For example, admiration becomes greed. Deceit or desire becomes lust. Self-awareness becomes self-centeredness. It's a system that never delivers on its promise. It's a system that turns a man's heart away from God and then blames God for the consequences. That's the system. It's a system that twists. It's a system that distorts. It's the unseen. It's the invisible affecting the visible. It's what it does. Our problem is really not each other. Our problem is a common enemy. And our enemy wants us to view one another as the enemy. Our enemy wants us to view us because until we lose sight of the real enemy. He'll misdirect. He'll attack. Your husband isn't your primary problem. Your spouse isn't your primary problem. Your boss is not the primary problem. Your kids are not the primary problem. Your co-workers are not the primary problem. There's a spiritual component to all those struggles. You know, we started watching this TV show at home. It's called The Grim. I'm not promoting it. I'm just saying we're watching it. If you watch it and think it's terrible, you can judge us. But I'm just, we watch it. All right, we watch it. We watch the show. And it's a story, and it's a story about a man who has, who has from, from, from his ancestors, had the ability to see mythical creatures that nobody else can see. And he's a police officer. 
And his, and his ancestors were the ones killing these bad things that people are. But there's also some good ones and bad ones. And my point when I watched this, when I was watching it last night, because you know, you start to binge after a while, because like, whoa, let's watch another one. Let's watch another. Let's watch another. Let's watch another. What happened? What's going to happen? Where you're like, you, it becomes clear that what you see on TV, it's really our world too. Yeah. There's an unseen world. And no one can see it, just he can see it. And I wish for a moment we all could see the unseen, the invisible. What would that look like? One, I'd be scared. I'd, my first reaction is like, if I just saw things flying around, go, whoa, that's great. Bring me back. Bring me back. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Bring me back. Because in many ways, I don't want to know. In many ways, I don't want to know too much. So I told Karen, keep your germ theory to yourself. I don't want to know. Let me live in ignorance. But if I live that way, it still influences me. It still affects me. Even if I try to ignore it, it affects me. And that went off, bing, going, I got to wake up more to the unseen. Now, that may sound like science fiction to some of you. Like I said, this is kind of hard to explain. Where's the proof? I can't prove it to you. But we can't go around blaming the devil for everything, right? I mean, the side of us is like, all right, like, the devil made me rob this bank. Okay. We can't go around blaming the devil for every single thing, right? I know some of you were thinking that, going, if that's all I got to say is Satan made me do it. No. But once in a while, I bet you see something in the news that is so purely evil that you wonder, how could anyone, how could anyone murder someone with their bare hands? You go, wow, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Happens every day. How could going to a concert in Paris, how can a man take up weapons and bombs and blow themselves up so they can please God? How can we enslave and capture people and bury them in our basement and hold them against their will for years? Women in particular. And then have children with these enslaved women in their chamber. Once in a while you're going, that is so dark. Child pornography. Infants. Child prostitution, evil, the Holocaust, six million people, flying passenger jets into buildings. Once in a while you see, man, that is pure evil. How could that happen? Well, hopefully you understand now it's because the unseen is affecting the visible world. How does anyone get that confused? How does anyone get that deceived? That's when I fall back on my fundamental belief that Jesus really was sent from God. 
And whether I understand it completely or can can explain, I, I lean to the explanation of the world around me rather than my own. I see things, I'm going, that is just evil. I fundamentally believe what he was saying here. This is why I pray, when I pray to God, I said, keep me from, keep falsehood and lies from me. Help me see as you see. That's a scary prayer. Help me to see the world that you see the world, God. It's scary to do that. It's scary to think that. Because like I said, sometimes I don't want to know too much. So for the next several weeks, we're going to look at a few things that have gotten twisted. Issues that are intertwined with our everyday lives. Because things are not always as they seem. The world is twisted. That concludes our service, and we'll see you.